Welcome to Pixel Pizza. Did she say pizza? Your ultimate source for chiptunes, video game talk, and pepperoni. Delivered to you from Los Angeles and into the digital cyberspace of the 2020s. Pizza power! That's right, when super giant I want a large, thick crust with double cheese, ham, pepperoni. Hey, where's my pizza? Pizza time. Welcome back to Pixel Pizza. You just listened to our chiptune artist of the week, Hugh Manure, and their intro track, Tchotchke. So hope you enjoyed that, and welcome into our first episode of 2023. Glad you stuck around with us for almost a full year now, and now we are back, and we are giving you more great chiptune music and more great game industry interviews here on Pixel Pizza. And we are kicking off with a very cool developer. He is the community manager and scriptwriter for Eternum Game Studio, who recently put out their hit Metroidvania, Eterna Noctis, as well as the roguelike spinoff Summum Eterna, and are working on the follow-up, Eterna Lucis. And yeah, this is Sergio Fernandez. How are you doing? Hey, Jared. Uh, pleasure to be here. Thanks a lot to, for inviting us to your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So I like to start off the show by asking the question, when in your life did you know you wanted to work on games? Well, um, I think, I believe it, took place when I was just a child. The first time I played uh, old school Doom on my com on my father's computer, uh, I think every every player uh, has has the, the, the same feeling. The first time they start uh, playing video games. But I never imagined uh, I ended up like 25 years later developing a, a video game in my hometown. So it's a dream come true. That's so cool. So then, like, what was your journey from then to where you are now? 
Um, it was 8% luck and 20% knowing the right people at the right time. So uh, I, uh, I studied communication back in the college. Um, I started a few uh, different works in Madrid and my hometown. I, young, uh, I just met Fernando, which is one of the, it's the co-creator of Eternal Game Studios. And it's the uh, community management too. Uh, see me out, to be precise. And they contact me. They told me they are developing a, a, a Metroidvania called Eternal Octus and asked me if I am interested. And it was a, an offer I couldn't resist. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. So, yeah, it's good to have friends in the right places for sure. So, yeah, when in the process did you come in during that development? Well, when I joined the, the dev team, the, the, the game was already started, of course. We're talking about the end of 2020 when I uh, become a member of the dev team. But these guys were working on this uh, title like one year and a half prior the, the day I started the office. So um, they, they did a, a, Kickstarter, a Kickstarter campaign they gain popularity and they become growing including more and more members and when i finally arrived the team was complete i start uh, my first months on the on the studio were focused on managing social media accounts but uh, they see i have a, i have a lot of love for storytelling so they also asked me to pretty much write the, the entire story uh, hand by hand with Hugo, which is the who is the, the the lead developer and creator of the studio. So, did you say you were doing social media in like other types of companies before? You... Yeah, b before my days in in Eternal Game Studios, uh, I was familiar with uh, with social media, and that's why I uh, joined the team as the community manager. Only that. But after a few months, I also became the, as you said before, the scriptwriter of the of Atena Noctis, and then Sumon Eterno. Great. So would you say there are any differences then between work doing community management for games versus other things that you had worked on? I would say yes, uh, absolutely. Especially the, the, the type of community you interact with. Um, I came from very corporative, corporative uh, enterprises, which means you have to maintain, to keep a, a format tone with your communications. But the gaming community is very open, especially if, you talk, if we are talking about indie developers. And it's, it's a, a completely different universe. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's very, very casual online on yeah you, yeah absolutely the indie scene for sure from your perspective i mean it must be difficult because there are so many amazing independent uh metroidvania style games out there and so when you're talking about it to the public how do you sort of know how to Talk about it in a way that makes it stand out. Right. Well, I totally agree with you. Uh, 
the industry is uh, full of great independent titles, especially in the Metroidvania genre. So it was quite a challenge to start working for Eterna Noctis and uh, start creating a community. Hand by hand with my with Fernando and, and you, we created a communication strategy and find the differences between the other titles and Eterna Noctis. And we finally managed to, to create our own fan base, which is growing day by day. So yes, it's a, it's a difficult task, but uh, we totally rely on the community that subject. And the community, as I told you, especially in indie games, is very open and very kind. Oh, totally. So then the community has been able to sort of spread and grow through word of mouth? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, we're not a, a AAA studio, so we don't have the, the monetary and, and support that other great studios have. So indie, indie developers must rely on, the, on their community. It's, uh, it's a must, it's a, it's a key factor for every uh, indie developer that might be hearing us now. Absolutely. So I had a few questions about uh, Eterna Noctis in particular, and I know like one of the selling points of the game is just the high level of customization that right. you can do with your character. And I was wondering, like, what's the most interesting variety of different builds you've seen from people? Well, if you see uh, um, speedruns or normal playthroughs of Eterna Noctis on YouTube or Twitch, people like to experience experimenting with different gyms and, and, and stats on the skill tree. And they they are really focused on melee combat, of course. The Gear of Darkness has uh, a bunch of different weapons to to interact with. And they, they really like um, improving the close combat aspect of the game. But they also manage to create a different style of gameplay let me explain. You, uh, when, when you play Eternal Noctis, you also have the, the chance to perform long-range attacks with your light uh, arrows. So some players really like the, that mechanic mixed with the teleport arrows. So they, they also like to improve those aspects by uh, the specific gems and, and stats on the skill tree. So it's, it's, kind, it's really cool to see how people made their own decisions based on based on a, on a, a mechanic you built and you never imagined before. Yeah, I can imagine it must have been really cool from the development perspective just to see how the players mess around with the tools and come up with new solutions. Right, right. Look, so I'm, I'm, I'm not into the a specific develop, uh, development aspect, as I told you, I'm the uh, community manager uh, and script writing. But my co-workers who designed those mechanics were very excited to see those players doing things they never they never imagined before. The game has also had a lot of post-launch updates uh, right. since it came out. And I was wondering how you approach that as a community manager to kind of sustain interest in the game as it 
uh, keeps getting updated? Well, as I told you later, every improvement we did on the base gameplay uh, comes from the community feedback. So as a community manager, it's a key factor for me to listen to my uh, our fan base and communicate their concerns to my bosses, to the rest of the dev team, and together decide which improvements must be included in the next update. This happens, for, happened, for example, with the inclusion of the two different um, difficulty modes. And be, beyond that, we also include little minor improvements to the movement of the character or, or that kind of stuff. So basically, if, you, if you're in my position, you, you must uh, take care of your community and take every opinion, wherever it is good or bad, into, into consideration. Definitely an important skill to have and be able to listen to every, every feedback that comes your way. So what was it like also on the script writing side, working with the creator and coming up with the narrative? Well, Hugo is the lead, he's the director of the game and lead programmer. He came with a story about, I don't know if you play the, the whole game. I won't spoil anything, don't worry. Not the he whole came, game yet. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, he came with, the, with the, the story of these two characters, the King of Darkness and the Queen of Light, eternal nemesis for the punishment uh, an ancient powerful god uh, did to them. So we have a lot of meetings deciding which way the, the, the story must follow. And it's quite a challenge to write a story for a Metroidvania title. Let me explain. We're not talking about a very a narrative genre. Mm. So Metroidvania titles must be focused on two aspects, exploring and combat, especially the first one. So coming with a deep and detailed story as the as Eternal Rotic has, uh, was quite was quite difficult at the beginning, but we managed we managed to um, introduce a, a detailed and cool story without disturbing the, the core mechanics of, of a Metroidvania, which is combat, puzzle, exploring, treasure hunting, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and that ties into something that I had been thinking about that I had wanted to ask you about was with the following games, some of Eterna. It's a roguelite, and for storytelling, that must be really difficult. I mean, I feel like we've seen maybe one or two games recently that have tried to add narrative to the roguelike setting, but it must, like, how do you handle doing dialogue and story beats when everything is random and it starts from zero, you know? Well, I totally agree with you. If, if, Creating a story for a Metroidvania game is difficult. Uh, doing the same thing for a roguelike title is twice as it's twice challenging. It's it's uh, it's, a, it's hard work, but we managed to do it. Basically, putting the same formula. The our our, our main state was do not disturb the um, the fast pace of the game. This 
this basically means that Sumnaterna develops their story in areas where the player is not fighting hordes of enemies or, or chasing uh, uh, a reward. This means that when you're in the lobby or a specific rooms during your run, you will see what the how how the the, the story develops itself. But uh, of of course, it, it the, the game contains li uh, um, less dialogues and less uh, expository uh, storytelling la than Eternal Noctis. But our community through social me social media tell us that they're very interested in the the new entries in the in the eternal universe which which was one of the our main goals with the development of summon eterna expand the universe we created with our face game yeah that and that was also on my list of questions was yeah how are you how do you sort of expand the universe and i imagine I keep thinking with like the Marvel stuff, how they think years and years ahead of what they're gonna do. What is that like from the game perspective? Well, I, I like your example with the MCU because that basically was an idea we we thought during our our meetings when creating the the story for Eternal Optics, and it came. It, it, it's very simple. If you ask any scriptwriter, when you write a story wherever it is for a movie or a video game, there's a lot of ideas that you cannot develop because of um, less time, uh, monetary subject, whatever. So we wanted to recycle those ideas into a, a, a new and into a new game and a new genre. So that's why uh, the things we told in Eternal Noctis fits completely with the the ideas and the and the story of Summon Eterna, which takes place uh, hundreds of years before the events in the first game. It's basically yeah. a prequel. Great, yeah. So I think then this is probably a good time for us to go to our musical break for the episode. Stay right there. This track is called Crowed, also from Humanor, and we'll be right back with Sergio soon.
Welcome back to Pixel Pizza. You just listened to Crowed by Humanor, and we are back with Sergio talking about the Eterna games. And my question next was, what feedback are you taking from your current games into Eterna Lucius? Oh, right, right. Well, Eterna Lucius was uh, officially announced last December during our showcase the eternum game studio showcase was uh, highly received from our community which was great for us um this was a title long waited for our our fan base when we announced that by the end of 2022 there will be an important event from the creators of eterna noctis a lot of people speculated about a sequel for uh, for the first game. Uh, we didn't say anything until the, the day of the announcement. And when we show, we only showed two Im images during the event: the title, the, lo the, the logo of the game, and a, and a date, 2024, without specifying any day or any month. So people is become crazy when they mm -hmm. saw the, the the logo of, of Eternal Luthis. We don't want to reveal anything yet. We won't, We will only say that it will be a Metroidvania, just as the first game. And this is just uh, uh, the most intelligent decision because our, our community, it, it's, it's what our community expects from the sequel of Eternal Notice. Yeah, I imagine that must be very important as a community manager to sort of know how and where to set the expectations right. for upcoming games. Right, it's it's, it's very important uh, in any aspect of uh, gaming development. For example, uh, Summon Eterna receives monthly updates, and every time we are about to release the an update, we try to explain only the the, the most important elements included so players can experience for themselves what is uh, what is the new content available for the game but you can use this same formula for everything for eternal Lucis or any any other important announcement so yes um and this is an, a message for every other indie developer that is uh, listening to us and uh, take your time and decide what do you want to tell and when do you want to tell? Very good message. I like that. So what would you say is something about your personal process that nobody knows? 
my secret formula of success. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think we. Uh, it's it's kind of obvious. Um, stay focused on on your on your task and listen to your community or not even uh, your community. Whatever whoever is has uh, questions regarding your games. Um, for me, it was quite difficult at the beginning to manage uh, the amount of messages you can get when you did a, an important announcement. For example, the the day after the the event, our Twitter or Facebook page and our Discord was uh, full of message questions regarding the, the the three major announcements we did, and it's kind of hard to stay calm and decide which were which one is a priority and what are you gonna tell and what are you gonna hide for a better occasion so yes it's it's a process of uh, stay focused and deciding what is your next move yeah it's it's I'm, I'm sure it can be overwhelming at times yeah it uh, for example uh, we b before the this uh, latest uh, this showcase our other major uh, day was the the release of the Nintendo Switch port and the physical editions so you can imagine the excitement inside oh. the office and outside it i mean the community was just they got insane when they saw the finally in the eShop you can't purchase Eterna Noctis. So yes, it's when it's, I like those days, but they are very stressful sometimes. What would you say, I mean, for people who aren't so familiar with the game, what are like one to three things that are the top things you want listeners to know about the game? Noctis or Sumo? Noctis. Noctis. Well, I really like when they finally defeat that boss that took so many attempts to, or they discover a secret they never see before, or they finally um, defeat the emperor, which is the hardest enemy in the entire game. I like to when they share those achievements in in our Discord server or, or Twitter or our subreddit. So when they share a, a screenshot or a video and they are they, they express their happiness with with the uh, with the community it's it's difficult to not feel proud of yourself and, and your co-workers and of course when they dedicate us uh, kind words about the game and what they like the most uh, i like to share them with my mates to prove them that they, they, they did a, a great job and the community loved that. I think that's the two things that I like the most from our community. That's really special that your games, your work at the end of the day can make people feel such big things like triumph and just, yeah. Yeah, the joy of the exploration and everything. I mean, we are a, a metroidvania and the genre is packed full of great titles when you read a message a message or a post that said 
Eternalities has become one of my favorite Metroidvanias of all time. I mean, you're in the same uh, range than Castlevania or Hollow Knight when right. the, people say that. So you, you, you really feel very proud of your work and, and, and your co-workers and, and yourself. It's, it's, a, it's a great feeling. Yeah, it really is such high praise, just given that <laughs> title. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Being one of the best Metroidvanias is, I mean, there's no award that can surpass that. That's for sure. Absolutely. So what would you say your personal goals are going into 2023? Well, 2023 will be a, a great year for the Eternal Universe fan base. Um, there's a DLC coming to early early 2023 for Eternal Noctis. It was announced uh, last December, and by the end of the year, Summon Eterna will be finally released. Its early access period will be ended, and the game will be simultaneously released in for the PC and Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo consoles. So, for any Eternal Noctis uh, or Summon Eterna player listening to us, uh, get ready because this year will be will be a blast. That's really exciting. Uh, also, I wanted to ask, I mean, I know you mentioned you started in 2020, but what is the game development scene in Spain like? Well, the Spanish game industry is full of great and professional artists. I mean, uh, Metroid Dread is one of yes. the best examples for that. It's quite curious when you think about the Spanish developers. Looks like Metroidvania is it's our it's our our best way to show yeah. <laughs> what we are capable of. I mean, Metroid, Blasphemous, Eternal Noctis. So, looks like Spanish developers were born to develop uh, great Metroidvania titles. It's quite hard for for little independent, small independent uh, dev team like ours to release a, a, a full title and to get the critical acclaim and the visibility that we get. We are uh, very proud for, of what we did with the resources we got. And being in the same league than Mercury Steam and the Games Kitchen, is it's really good. Because that is such a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, back in the in, in November, uh, we received a, a, an award from one of the most important uh, video game magazines in in Latin America and in Spain, which is 3D Games, 3D Juegos. Mm. And they every day, every year, they celebrate a ceremony to of, of awards to uh, present the best video games of the of the year, and Eternal Notice was selected as the wow. best B Spanish video game of of the year. So it was you can imagine the the, the enthusiasm and the yeah, the office that day. It was it was amazing. Uh, it, it really mean a lot to us, and we met a lot of cool and great people during the ceremony, and. It, it is a great recognition for the hard work the whole team put together. 
Yeah, what an honor. So that was all the questions I had lined up to ask. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about? I feel really, it is very appreciated to be here in your podcast. Yeah, when you contact us, I think you contact us back, uh, after the Indyland uh, yeah. ceremony back in November. That's Correct right. Correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. So when you contact us and you ask to participate in your podcast, uh, it's it's great. I mean, we're an indie development team, and when content creators like yours are so excited to talk with us and share with their community our our work, it's, it's a great honor. So thank you so much, Jay. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I have to give a lot of the credit to Gerard for he hosted the event and he found all yeah. these indie games around the world and he's a great example as uh, far yeah. as how how to celebrate just all the different great indies that are happening he's such a he's such a great guy he's so kind oh, yeah. and that the the in 20 during the 2021 ceremony we were part of the event too oh. he allowed us to present eternal noctis before the official release and then they contact us in 2022 to the to do the same thing with Summon Eterna. And um, if you guys see the, the the gameplay on their channel, they got a lot of fun playing with the King of Darkness in, in Summon Eterna. It was a great show, and it was an honor to participate in such a the great goal they, they they achieved, which is fighting the main chain. It's it's a great event for for uh, indie developers and it's for a good cause. So it was great. It is, yeah. It's a really special thing they do, and I look forward to it next year. Yeah, absolutely. So one more question, I of course have to ask. Uh, this is the Pixel Pizza podcast. Where is your favorite pizza place? <laughs> well, let me see. Um, I, I don't believe we share the same um, places in Spain. And no, the, yeah, where, the wherever States. it is for you. Yeah, so I will say my girlfriend pizzas are quite great, so I oh. will choose my own house. But <laughs> now talking seriously, I will say um, Tom's Pizza, it's quite good. I think you, you, you guys have the same uh, places in the states, correct me if I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, we have Domino's. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It's uh, it's tasty and and it's uh, when you go there with your friends, you can spend a great time. But I keep with my first. The first thing I said, my girlfriend's pizzas are the best, uh, probably in the Iberian Peninsula. Oh, <laughs> that's really sweet. But <laughs> do you cook Hopefully, anything for her? Hopefully, she will listen to, to, to this podcast tomorrow and right. she will praise for what I said. <laughs> Hopefully, you'll get bonus points. Yeah, right. Free pizza tomorrow. For <laughs> Great. So, uh, thank you so much again for joining me, Sergio. Where can people keep track of you and Eternum? You get it. I thank you so much. The whole dev team congratulates you for your podcast and thanks you for inviting us to be here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I'm so glad we could make this happen. Thank you, Jared. You made the King of Darkness be so proud. <laughs>
He's my target audience, the King of Darkness. Right. The King of Darkness and Follower of the Darkness will be <laughs> the target audience for every content creator, Bellini. That's right. I'll be starting off every podcast episode from uh, now on. Hello, followers of Darkness. Welcome to Pixel Pizza. It would be great, man. If people in the studio listen to your podcast, any other entry and listen that sentence, it would be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You got it. That marks another great episode of Pixel Pizza. And we are going to head off with one final track from Humanor, and that is called Phase Locket. So listen to that, and we'll see you next week.